Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You need to know exactly where your food's coming from. That's the, the clientele that buy the menu every week. Keeping your eyes open and your ear to the ground, essentially, and listening to what people are growing. The integrity, that, that provenance, that ability to not just know where something came from, but to really know the, the ins and outs of how it was raised mm-hmm. is really important. G'day and welcome to another Capital Cookbook 3 podcast. This is the Quicksand Food Connection, and my name's Stefan Postuma. Today I speak with Jack Gould. Jack's the head chef of Pod Food in Pialago. Pod Food's a fantastic restaurant. It's been a staple of Pialago dining for many years now. And one thing I learned from Jack was that they have a really deep connection to the people around them. There's a fantastic community of people in Pialago who grow everything from apples to artichokes to all sorts of other organic produce. Jack himself and the other staff at Pod Food know all these people by name and they source all their products by just giving them a ring and saying, what have you got in the garden? That's something fantastic about Pialago, so I really enjoyed talking to Jack about it. He gave us some great recipes for the Capital Cookbook 3 and gave us some great insights in what it's like to be a chef at Pod Food. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Jack Gould, the head chef at Pod Food in Pialago. Jack, thanks for, thanks for contributing these great recipes to the book. Um, really nice colours, really, to the season. Like, we're, it's a bloody shit <laughs> winter drizzly morning out here in Pialago but as you were saying like out here in Pialago is like it's a cool place to be especially like in the Canberra culinary scene mm. as I said it, it feels like you're in the country but you're 10 minutes away from the city yeah and as I say it's like all the local produce is just amazing like you know we even just get it from next door uh, the, our neighbours just farms and we, we're able to just get all these beautiful fresh local organic produce and, yeah yeah you know, I mean, I'm not one to rattle on about organic and all that, but yeah. like, it's just the difference is amazing. Just you know, getting it fresh out of the the garden. Like um, on Sunday, I was just digging up artichokes out of the really? garden, out of the dirt, freezing cold morning. Whereabouts? Just like two doors down yeah. in our neighbourhood, uh, just grows a whole bunch of artichokes, and yeah. he's really good at. He also grows like uh, quinces and apples and all sorts of things, and which. Yeah be blessed and up the road Chris and Reed does amazing apples and yeah. apple juice and stuff like that so really just lucky that's really cool like Pialago is an awesome spot and it's cool that you guys have a community as well mm. um, I remember like coming out here as a kid just to you know the folks would want to go to the nurseries and 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 then we just head down to an orchard if it was season and, and just pick some apples and stuff like yeah. that like it's a it's a cool place to come and it's really unique for Canberra I reckon and it seems that all the the, uh, the local residents are all about like nice fruit and veg and stuff like that too and they're yeah. they're, they're kind of on the same wavelength as you know 
where pot is you know like, yeah like close to the city but being like almost in the country that yeah kind of thing so how like how would you describe the the food here like what what are you trying to sort of do with the menu and i, I guess you just hinted on it then but yeah yeah really just capture that that you know locality of it really you know yeah. using fresh produce as much as you can and you know obviously you can't do the whole restaurant yeah you know, completely that but you know where we can just using as much you know local produce yeah basically yeah it seems like the as i said the community is really cool and you've got so many different different types of farms and stuff as well as you said you've got to make the picks quinces and artichokes and whatever there's orchards here there's a, there's a bit of a fair bit of land out here as well for like for for this tiny little oasis in the middle of in the middle of Canberra, like sandwich between Fishwick and the airport. Yeah, I know. And I suppose have you noticed since since you've been here for the last three years, like has traffic has traffic to Pialago increased with you know all these new developments out at Madura and stuff, or is it, is it seem to sort of stay pretty stable? Um, from the restaurant point of view, we've had a little bit of a downturn in. Now people coming out just because of the closure of the the plant farm. Yeah, that was okay. always good. We just used to get walk-ins, but I mean, I suppose overall, from bookings point of view, it does look like it's gone up, especially with Pialaguro Estate around the corner. Yeah, okay. I mean, some people ask, is that like a a, a, a rival almost? But yeah. it's not. It really just brings more people out and brings more yeah. exposure to the Pialaguro region. You know, one yeah. night, one day, they go to the the. Um, the estate and they go oh what's this little pod restaurant maybe we'll come here another day yeah exactly so I mean competition always is always you know breeds more customers I'd say yeah and and as you said like I guess with the menu and stuff here like you're trying to sort of it it fits really well in where Pialigo is located in Canberra but also sort of you know your position as a restaurant that sits in this sort of rural place but provides that sophisticated sophisticated food that people expect from a from a place like this from around Canberra mm. yeah. yeah like I, I, I like that I obviously come from a fine dining well finer dining background yeah. um, so I tried to bring that to it so not too simple but at the same time you know sometimes that fine finding finer dining um, means that some of the ingredients are hidden under things and like so sometimes simplicity is even better like yeah. just for these special like fresh produce and stuff like that you got to keep it simple just to bring out the natural flavors and stuff like yeah. that sometimes it can get hidden under when you're you know layering flavors in there and you got like a thousand different components on a dish so. i agree i and i think that that it seems to be something that is moving like it's, it seems like fine dining food food culture you know with 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 a shift towards sort of casual atmospheres in restaurants but really high quality food and then um and and also with a lot of people paying more attention to the produce itself and where it comes from it, it is moving away a little bit from you know using a bunch of components and a bunch of techniques and textures and stuff that's going to blow you away in the theater of it and it's more just about making really good food out of the best produce that's available like, yeah I mean that fine dining, lots of components and lots of different amazing techniques has its place, and yeah, I don't course. think that will ever go away. And I still love going to places like that. You know, they always, you know, amaze me about the amount of effort that goes into every single thing. But at the same time, you know, you can't have that all the time. It's good to have that simple, like the simple food that's like you can see that the glove and cares in every mm. ingredient still, but you know, maybe not. There's not six different ingredients on the plate. There's mm. only four. So yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of 
ingredients and things like that you gave us a couple of dishes to shoot for the book and the first one and it's one that is absolutely perfect for like right now <laughs> 11 o'clock in the morning or whatever on a um on a, on a winter day the cassoulet with egg and, and truffle do you want to just tell us a bit about that dish yeah so that's uh originally it was we were designing it for just the breakfast because we do a lot of breakfast here and it's good for a winter breakfast mm. having a nice warm cassoulet but um, as I was making it, we were putting more ingredients in and it just turned out to be such a good cassoulet that we decided, well, I might as well put it on there as an entree. Mm. I mean, people are still going to have that for lunch. I mean, it's not like a, well, it's not an immaculately plated up dish or anything, but it is like nice and simple and all the flavors are there. So I thought, why not have, you know, that, you know, that flavor, warmth mm. for the winter months? You know? That's it. I mean, and a bit of fresh black truffle over from out at Madura as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, straight. they have an amazing product out there, as you know, I'm sure many chefs will tell you, it's just amazing that we're lucky enough that we've got such a weird little, I don't know, um, yeah, like a the same kind of climate as it is in France that yeah. we can grow them. It's just, you know, amazing that we can do it. And, you know, we've been using the truffle farm since before I started and mm. we've always we've never had a problem and it's always been like it's all, always worth the cost I'd say oh 100% and it's so close for you guys it's literally like five minutes drive from here isn't it yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous to think that we're sitting here in a place that's 10 minutes from the city and you feel like you're in the country and a five minute drive away you've got a, a place that farms beautiful truffles and then also you've got a beautiful winery out there as well yeah and that's the other thing about you know five minutes from the city but you go all the way up to the winery there and you're pretty much you wouldn't be able to tell there's a city you know just over the hill 100% hey it makes Canberra really unique it makes it really really cool and really unique and John was telling me a bit about some of the events that you're doing so you're doing um you're doing a sort of a collaboration between the Truffle Farm Madura Winery and yourselves here yeah so I think we've done that for two years now but it's just basically a way to show because people come all the time for the truffles and it gives them a way to try the truffles as well as you know doing the hunt and trying that with wine and stuff like that because when you do the hunt you don't actually try the truffles Mm. and then you have to find out where to get them and you go to the market you buy them you don't know how to use them (laughs) so it's just a a way of like showcasing how were they grown how they match with wine how they match with the food yeah and yeah yeah it's a really cool progression because i think truffle is one of those products where it takes a little bit of education sometimes on to like how to appreciate it but um yeah. yeah as john was saying like go out do a hunt and then you go and then i think he was saying at the winery you, you get sort of brie with some truffle and things like that mm. you do a wine tasting yeah. which is a good, good way to start things off and then you come back here for uh come back here for a nice truffle lunch i reckon yeah. that's an awesome way to spend the day yeah, you say education like so too often i go out at a place and they say they got truffles on the menu you can and you they've just got truffle and i mean i suppose to most people it'd be hard for them to tell but like having used truffles for so long it's quite kind of obvious when you t- taste it and it's got this 100 percent. it's got this horrible like sweetness and it's just not nice compared to the real thing i mean i'm fortunate enough to have tried it so much and you know use yeah. it so much but yeah you know, it just it is a bit heartbreaking when you go out and you try it and then you get like oh that's just truffle oil yeah exactly and it's funny because yeah like you and I both we're lucky enough to get to use truffles and 
and and and know about them and they in there sort of a common part like every time truffle season comes by it's like okay here we go truffle season's on but then you go to a cafe or a restaurant or something like that who lists truffle oil as an ingredient on one of your yeah. dishes or something like that and you're like oh i wouldn't be doing that yeah. but um you know like again it has its place not everyone can afford to put truffles That's on things it. and if I you mean, want to, if you want that if you want that aroma on you know a breakfast dish or or whatever it may be then that's what you go to and it can be good but yeah some of them aren't yeah i mean it's over when people use it they seem to overuse it put mm. too much on and i understand obviously the price of truffles is very exclusionary yeah. but you know sometimes you just gotta yeah. ante up you know yeah well that's the thing and and i think that that like you say like they overuse it but there's something overpowering about truffle oil and like truffles themselves don't unless you use it absolute shitload of them you like they don't they don't overpower dishes as no, much no it's way. very they're very very subtle i think yeah. most people get under the impression with the oil that there's quite a strong flavor but quite the opposite it's very subtle you need to infuse it into creams or yeah. you know work around it so that you can just bring it out that slightly any strong flavors just overpower it straight away yeah it's funny it's one of those ingredients where the aroma doesn't match the flavor in a sense yeah it's like it's like durian or something like that, like one of those fruits that just smells to high heaven, but it yeah. tastes sweet and quite delicious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, moving on to the second dish you gave us. So it's a beautiful confit duck and gnocchi dish. And tell us about that one. Yeah, so we've had the, we had the gnocchi on... Well, when I started, we were still doing gnocchi, and we had it on for about a year and a half after I started too, and just we just would change the the um, components with the, the gnocchi itself but the gnocchi is just this beautiful you know, soft pillows of mm-hmm. potato and ricotta and we, all the customers would rave about it and every time we'd say we'd take it off they'd always complain you can't take it off this is why I come out here mm. and, <laughs> and we took it off but then this winter I decided to put it back on just because you know I think the customers loved it and yeah. you know, I, felt, I felt we needed a fan favourite back yeah for and sure just match it with the duck leg which I mean how can you go wrong with comfy duck leg yeah exactly and then pomegranates they were in season and beautiful red pops of you know flavor and you know sharpness mm. so all seems to work pretty well what what's the um what's the sauce that the gnocchis accompanied by it's just a parmesan bechamel yes you know very simple um it, it was that or just shave uh, great parmesan over but i mean i feel it gives a bit more creamy flavor to it yeah because i i had a try of one of one of the gnocchis and i think Gnocchi, gnocchi is a hard thing to perfect, mm. but once you've got it down, it's it's worth its weight in gold in, in in a way, you know. Like it's such a beautiful texture, it's warming, everyone loves it, and and then with such a with a simple like salty parmesan cream rich to go with a duck leg on a, yeah. on, a, on, a on a cold day like today is is such a such a good combination. Yeah. Man. Everyone must everyone must love that sort of thing when they come out for a lunch. Yeah. Um, do you in terms of in in terms of produce here in Canberra I mean you've got um, you know you've you're you've got the benefit of being in Pialigo and having all these wonderful producers around you but there's also a bunch of you know fantastic producers sort of within 100 k's of of where we are here as well so you guys obviously try to make the most of that as well yeah definitely Um, well at the moment we're on the menu we have the the olives from Homely Grove and they're an amazing product Um, yeah wherever we can we use regional as our fruit and veg supplier and they often get like just amazing produce from around the surrounding region as well yeah um yeah i mean we get our eggs from gunning farmland yep. eggs from gunning and they're always 
delicious eggs just even just cooking one up just no salt no pepper nothing just in a pan and they have a flavor that you can't it doesn't even compare to just you know the mass-produced eggs it's amazing with it it's amazing the difference between a a a bad egg a poorly produced egg and a well-produced egg it's like it's night and day like you say you can eat them by himself but i'm like if you put a cage egg in a pan and just try to eat it it just tastes like crap yeah yeah you wouldn't want to be doing it um and just yeah just that freshness and 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 to know that to know that it comes from you know just someone who's got some chooks out at gunning and yeah whatever and i think at bomber they're very um dedicated to making sure that it's all very free range they when i first talking to her she was saying she was going to uh, the, the farmer was going to uh, parliament to protest about you know these bigger farms calling them free range eggs when they're not really free range eggs mm. and they were stopping using the term free range eggs because it gives the wrong impression they want to you know, you know open barn door eggs or whatever like that so you know they're very passionate about you know making sure that it actually is free range yeah i think it, when it comes to farming it, it, it can be so confusing for a consumer yeah sometimes like because you get now if you go to the egg section at a, at a bloody supermarket there's so many different words for stuff barn laid free range free roam yeah. like and and all these things that it's it's hard for the uh, for the consumer and i think like here in canberra we are lucky because we've got a number of awesome farmers markets and we're we're a bush capital you know a bush town and people know know yeah. where their produce comes from so like if you want to seek out the best products you can go to the farmers market and yeah. do it and the same same goes for you as a as a as a chef that must be a pretty cool thing to be able to have these people around you. Like if you were stuck in the middle of the city to, to be able to have constant liaison with, um, you know, producers of things like that. Yeah, it's, definitely. Yeah. I, I certainly love talking to the producers about, you know, why they're doing it and, you know, why, you know, what, what goes into it and stuff like that. It's, mm. it's important to, you know, talk to, uh, learn from their point of view, what they're doing and, you know, it's all well and good to just say, you know, an egg's an egg. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm turning into a, a, you know, an anglaise or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, it, part of being a chef, I think, is you know, thinking about the sustainability of food. You yeah. know, how it affects you know the animals and stuff like that. You know, to you know, long gone are the days that you know people are using foie gras. Where you know, I mean, delicious as it is, you know, the suffering they put into it, you know, it's mm. not a good thing. You know, it should you know, be trying to not only make an amazing product, but, you know, trying not to harm too many things in the process. Yeah, as well. 100%. And I think that it's something that's cool because um, people are looking for more and more these days. Like, you'd agree? Like, you know, people want to know where it comes from. Like, you tell people where you get, get yeah. your produce and stuff. And that connection is getting more and more important to people. And I think that's really promising. Yeah, like, I mean, love it or hate it. Shows like MasterChef have really brought up the, the dialogue of food. Mm. I mean, personally, I can't stand the show, but Me too. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't deny that it means people are looking more at the food and mm. looking, understanding more about food and being more savvy. Which then translating to the restaurant means that we're able to do more, more things, and we're allowed to, you know, you know, we're not, we don't have to simplify things too much in that regard. Mm. I agree, and the cool thing, the, the other thing about, you know seeking out sustainably produced ingredients or ethically produced ingredients and things like that is that they taste so much better yeah it's it, it's simple like it's like if 
you know, if if a pig's a happy lives a happy life and isn't stressed, and and yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how much it is about the happy pig, but I think just <laughs> if you're dedicated to doing sustainably and ethically farm things, generally you're putting the effort into making everything about that better. Exactly. Like if if you don't care, then you're more likely to be doing mass produced things. It doesn't matter, and yeah. then that's where you start losing quality in your products and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a it's a promising thing, and I mean in general. Like you say, with 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 the prominence of Master Chef, TV shows and cookbooks, mm. I'm jumping on that bandwagon, obviously as well. <laughs> um, people are paying attention to their food and where their food comes from, and that's something that we try to do. You know, like to have these conversations with someone like you, where you know someone reading a cookbook can get an idea of what a chef's thinking when they're when they're creating a dish mm. means that people sort of connect to it and then they can you know come in here and say oh we heard about you know like we've seen this or we've seen you on you've seen your social media or seen um this article and whatever and they start a dialogue with the chefs who then might tell them about a producer or might you know might say why don't you come to this truffle event that we've got next weekend and then they go out and they meet the winemaker and they meet the truffle producer and um and it, and it just creates sort of positive connections all around i reckon it's pretty promising and it goes both ways um we often get a lot of um customers just from like the truffle farm and the winery getting referred to them and that's why it's good to have a dialogue with your producer because one day someone's out there looking at the producer and then they're like well go to this restaurant they you know, they use our product and they use it well and you know so it's, as I say good to have a dialogue with mm. the um, the producers and stuff like that mm. yeah that's really cool and I guess I think that's what that's one thing that makes Canberra relatively unique as well we're a, we're a sort of a cosmopolitan city but we we sit here in the country with yeah. lots of producers around us who are who you know the, if you if you tried to map out the sort of web of connections between Canberra's chefs and the producers and the wineries that they connect with and the events that they do together and then branches off into another part of Canberra with this chef and his producers and things like that it's a, it's an awesome it's an awesome community and an awesome culture we've got going on in this city yeah it's, it, community is really what it is just you know even just between other restaurants like mm. you know all the chefs know each other or at least you know have a, know- a knowledge of each other and, yep you know it pays not to burn any bridges in that regard but at the, yeah. at the same time you know everyone's really friendly I don't think I've met many chefs that I don't like you know? yeah. as long as everyone I've met is passionate and as long as you're passionate about the food I think generally you get along with other people who are passionate about the food yeah and it sort of makes you it, it probably makes you um, you know gain a bit of inspiration and influence from, from people in that same community definitely you can talk to people about what they're doing and, 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 and sort of use that as inspiration for what you do yeah you got to learn from everywhere like learn from even the, the apprentice who comes in and says you know I worked at a cafe and they say oh we used to do it like this and you can learn something from that even if it's not directly translating it it's you know learning from techniques and you know ideas and sometimes I mean, I've got my ideas yeah. when I put a dish on just from you know going down to the you know the local takeaway and you know getting an idea of this with this or that with that mm. so yeah yeah learn from everywhere exactly and and when it comes to being a chef you know you uh strap for time a lot of the time it can be stressful so like anything that can help you out in terms of like education learning a new technique or learning even just learning a faster way to do something or someone might show you a knife technique that means that when you're prepping whatever it may be it takes you you know two-thirds of the time of what it used to rather than before like that stuff's all that stuff's all important and that's what's really cool i think about chefs and, and 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 sharing that knowledge and i think that there are chefs out there who um might think that they've 
learnt all there is to learn, but I definitely think there's 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 a lot out there also who try to try to learn as much as they can from their peers and their customers and their producers, and that's what and that's what sort of makes it makes it better in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can I say you could never really learn all there is because we're always pushing the boundary about what you you know it's cooking. You know, people like you know overseas doing the molecular gastronomy and all that push that thing, and then that slowly trickles down to even the cafes and stuff. End up using things like. Um, like uh, thermal circulators, the, yeah. the water baths and stuff like that. You know, you know, ten years ago that was a, a thing that only the high end restaurants, experimental restaurants. It's were really using. amazing to think that now. And now, you know, you'd be hard pressed to go in a restaurant that doesn't use it. I mean, and it's, it makes products that are amazing. So mm. why not use it? I mean, and it's an efficient way of of doing things. Yeah, as well. and you're less likely to overcook things, less yeah. likely to waste produce, and so. Yeah, I guess I guess that's another aspect of. What we're talking about learning, um, you know, new things is the development of technology in the industry and how that how we adapt to what technology is available. Yeah, definitely, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, is there anything else that you've got going on here at Pod Jack? Any uh, anything you want else you want to talk about? Mm. Events or um, you know anything else at all? Uh, so coming up, we have our truffle dinner. So next Friday, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but. Yeah, we try and keep on, you know, doing events regularly. And I got the top of my head. I don't think we have any events coming up for the next couple of months. Yeah. At the moment, Other we're just... Other than the Truffle Festival, yeah, basically. Yeah, the Truffle Festival <laughs> takes up this whole winter period. Just, you know, everything's Truffle. Yeah. Uh, as I say, the Madura Valley Experience, which is the mm-hmm. the Truffle Farm and the, the winery and that, that uh, is going really well. People are just jumping on as much as they can. We've had so much good um, good exposure with that. And, you know, it's... And just people coming in just to want to try it. That's where, as I say, the truffle farm has been directing people, is directing us down here. You know, where you want to try truffles, go down to Pod Food. And they yeah. have a, you know, they've been using it. That's what we're about during winter, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That's the way we get through winter is, you know, having people come to try the truffles. Yeah, so. sweet. Uh, that's really cool. Um, Jack, thanks so much for contributing to these great recipes. It's been great to talk to you. And, um, yeah, you've given us some awesome dishes and you're doing some sick things out here at Pod. So thank you. Thank you. Cheers thanks for listening to my conversation with jack gould from pod food in pialago if you want to find out more about them you can find them online at podfood.com.au if you want more of these podcasts you can visit our website quicksandfood.com or you can download the quicksand food connection on itunes and on stitcher if you want to follow us on social media we're at quicksand food on facebook and on instagram thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you again next time hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.